0: So obviously wanna dig into the music you guys are making together, the upcoming show with Ingve Malmstein, but I think we gotta kinda of start at the beginning of the story. Like any good story, right? You gotta start at the beginning. So tell me both That's where up. you were born. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's start at the
1: transition from Baldman to Kurt Dimer. That's you that's me um well the bald man brought a demo tape out to uh cd out to california i'll cut this a little shorter in a nutshell for you it's uh, i came out in uh, 2019 but i met chris lord Alge in march of 2020 because i wasn't happy with my demo or the, who had mixed it prior and still felt like I, I i hadn't found my zone i was still kind of all over the board trying to do things i shouldn't do and chris lord Alge agreed to mix it right as COVID started. He was just doing it remotely and he kept Sending comments back, digging some of the tunes and some, you know, some, you know, it's all over the board. And he kind of took me under his wing, and I guess discovered me, if you will, and my voice and how unique it is because it's totally different than what most people have, and I stay very true to it now because of Chris. Mm -hmm. And on the O, we had a song called "Have a Cigar" that I really didn't want to do by Pink Floyd, but if we did it our own way, I was cool with that. And Chris said, "Let me show you how I can do this." I'd love To be your producer, and he hired uh, some CLA session musicians and this guitar player who put put this guitar solo on to have a cigar that just kind of blew me away. I got chills and dizzy when I heard it. It was like, what? really i've got this kind of guitar on <laughs> one of my tunes and uh then he finally disclosed it was phil x and he goes well maybe we can get phil to come and do the video with you have a cigar maybe, well, he put, you know everybody tells you everything negative 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 right and we show and phil agrees to do it and we meet in august of 2020 right on the, the first time we met was on the set of have a cigar which is a video out on youtube and that's kind of when it all began
0: and phil i'm curious for you what was uh chris what did chris lord algae say to you before he played you kurt did he say anything did he just say come in here and press play like what was his setup for you
2: basically he just sent me the session and said uh, throw some guitars on this and actually when it came in i think it was somebody else's voice on it
1: as yeah, it a, as a, as a it demo
2: bad. so i i threw down vocals too You know, I threw down like an octave here and some harmonies and stuff like that. So it was really, uh, really cool to be a part of something that was, I didn't know where Chris was going, but I trust Chris, the, uh, you know, Grammy award winning mother foe that he is. And uh, when I I, I sent in the guitars and then he sent me everything, here's the final mix with Kurt's voice. I was like, what the heck is this? (laughs) You get kind of drawn into something that's unique like that. And it worked for me too. It was one of those things where I got to, I want to be a part of this because it's, it's so different than anything else I've ever done. And I, I love to cre- have different canvases to paint on, being a guitar player and creative the way I am. So it was, uh, I think the way it came together was meant to be.
0: I love it it sounds like a great true Rock and roll love story and Imagine then you played all on the work hard Rock hard EP as well How it went was
2: there was a couple of songs A bunch of songs actually that I played On before Kurt actually said hey man If I send you lyrics will you put music To it and I'm like man send the lyrics Let's do it we did uh, the first one we Did was back at the school and then uh, Something else happened and then naive When naive happened we really knew we were on To something so yeah most of the songs Were uh, co-written by Kurt myself on that uh, on that EP I
0: love it and the other (laughs) tune we got to touch upon uh, burned together with the legendary Jeff Tate how did that come about Kurt
1: well, that song actually was one that I almost didn't want to do either. I wrote that with my old writing partner, Ben Trexel. And I remember driving my car back to Ohio from California when I shut my little studio down. And I wasn't digging it either, but Chris said, this has got potential. And it's like Chris puts his little touch on everything. And then he put Phil's guitars on it and told me how I was going to sing it. And we <laughs> recorded it without Jeff Tate. Originally, that wasn't the plan. And then when uh, our management, my manager, Paul Gardner, and Andy Gould. Paul is friends with the Tates and we're looking you know for our first tour and stuff to go out and support all this new music that Phil and Chris and I are putting together he reached out to the Tates they flew down to LA we met uh, we went to the studio they let me pick the song and I thought burn together would be very appropriate with show his voice against my deeper voice and I thought it would it would just be perfect and then he agreed to shoot the video with Phil and I and uh, and we got the direct support slot on his tour and the the rest is kind of history, man. It's very surreal, but, you know, it shows you what you can do if you work hard and you believe in yourself and, and you uh, get the right folks around you that believe in you as well. So
0: Absolutely. And I really love that tune because I love that, like you touched upon the dichotomy, the difference between your your voice and Jeff's voice. And just that's so cool and polar opposite of each other. It really stands out.
2: That hit me, too. It was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I'm even fascinated with Kurt's voice right now. Kurt, before we proceed, can you just say, and this
1: is Kurt Diamond with The Weather? And this is Kurt Dimer with the Channel 2 Weather.
0: Nah. (laughs) Bill, you keep that up. I'm going to be out of a gig. He's he's got the voice for radio for sure, too. I mean, I don't want him taking my gig.
2: You know what? I I feel like uh, even when we play live, like we did 45 shows with Jeff in the fall of uh, 2021. And every time we walked on stage, people kind of look at us and they're like, they don't know who we are. They just look at us and they go, what's going on? And then... He starts talking the way he talks, but then when the chorus kicks in, we made sure that every chorus was a super chorus in every song. It's catchy, it's it's got the hook that draws you in. And then we had, you know, usually people between two or three songs. They're like fans so it's really exciting to see that uh, transformation confirmed you know
0: absolutely and and more coming with the upcoming tour we got you in our market coming up here on may 20th going to be at the canyon montclair with the maestro Ingve malmstein man what a legend
1: that guy is as well total legend i'm very uh, thankful for Ingve having us this direct support we're looking for bigger and better things uh when we play for you guys out there we'll have some new tunes and we're very lucky to have that opportunity and Appreciate him having us out here.
0: Yeah, and you guys are out there on the road with him now, right? Things going great? I
2: did the transition from uh, <laughs> Bon Jovi at the uh, Bridgestone Arena in Nashville on a Saturday night, and then uh, flew early morning, met the guys, did a quick sound check, and opened up for Engbe in uh, Hartford, Connecticut on Sunday night. Yep. I did the transition from 15,000 people to a 500-seater.
0: <laughs> it's the best of both worlds, right? I mean, it's it's
2: really yeah. the, the get full gamut. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, It's me. If I have a a guitar in my hands and a mic in my face, uh, I just, I get in the zone, you know, no matter... who it's with and what audience. I just, I want to pour my heart out. And
1: uh, Kurt's a, guy, a good guy to be beside when I got to do that. And that tells you right there how lucky I am and how, you know, dedicated Phil is and our friendship. And uh, we got this. So, and uh, I'm very lucky that he believes in me and would do that for me because not many people would.
0: No, absolutely not. And Phil, if you could maybe talk a little bit, gush a little bit about the uh,
2: brilliance of Ingvay Malmsteen. I was a kid, man. He came out. and You know what it was? It was the Alcatraz. Mm. And it was kind of album of Alcatraz. And I was like, God, I'm, I'm showing my age here. I don't, I'm don't, i not afraid though. Um, <laughs> I was blown away. Eddie was my first love, you know, when I was 14 and I learned Eruption. And then uh, a few years later, Yngwie uh, came out with Alcatraz and it was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> you know, like it was it was another level of uh, virtuosity, you know? So it was pretty amazing. And you know what, as, as it went on, I loved Alcatraz so much that uh, it, it made me realize like when Yngwie started doing solo stuff when he was part of a band they kind of put a leash on him and then when he went solo it was unleashed mm-hmm. and uh it made me like him more on the leash actually because <laughs> 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 because it, it was more about songs and it was more about uh letting little spurts of virtuosity out as opposed to being full-blown from beginning to end virtuosity you know what i mean yeah sometimes if you have too much good in your life you don't realize the bad
0: <laughs> and, uh, you know, speaking of the virtuosity, he's also now doing all his own singing, too, and turned into a decent singer.
2: No, you know what? He was always a good singer. But he, his keyboard player is crushing a lot of the lead vocals. Ah, You got to cool. see the show, man. I, I saw. I was watching videos before we came on tour. I wanted to see what was happening. I didn't want to be surprised. So uh, what's that, what, the one song? Uh, oh, You Don't Remember, I'll Never yeah, Forget. Yeah. And you got the keyboard player singing it. And you're going, holy, gosh. and then you got the bass player jumping on the high harmony. And you're like, what is going on? And so it's pretty amazing, man. Yeah. Pretty
0: rad. Pretty rad. I'm definitely looking forward to the show. And one other thing I wanted to touch on, too, that I forgot to earlier with Kurt and, and you, have the whole acting career and, and film career before you got into music. I wonder if you could talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I really wasn't planning on the acting career, but I, uh, I have an oil company called Starfire that's my oil brand. And I was able to get a cameo and get my product into a movie back in 2017 called Trading Paint. So I I went down there uh, to do a cameo. I was just going to present a check and just, you know, just be an extra, if you will. And I'm walking around and people start taking pictures of me and stuff and go, we like your look and we'd like for you to be in the movie and have a speaking role. And I said, really? Okay. So I filled out all my paperwork, joined SAG and an hour later, I'd learned my lines and I'm planning the scene out with John Travolta <laughs> and Toby, Toby Sebastian from Game of Thrones, and who I'm ta- speaking with. And Shania Twain's right there with us. And I'm just like, really? And uh, lights, camera, action, all these people are around. And I never thought I could do something like that, but I'm in the movie. I'm at the end. And then two months later, I get cast in Halloween and get killed by Michael Myers and (laughs) had a speaking role in it. And that was a blockbuster film. And then a year after that happened, or later that year, I'm walking the red carpet at the premiere for Halloween with Jamie Lee Kirk. I'm like, what the hell has just happened to me over the last year? <laughs> and that's what kind of got me back into music then, too, because I was doing getting smaller projects in Alabama and film. And that's when I met Ben Trexel, and he had these three tunes, and I, I was just very bl- honest with him. That's what I love about Phil, too. It, I mean, you, you try to help people, and I just said, Ben, you sound like like a, a wedding singer, and it's just boring. I go, let me try put my voice on it. I hadn't been in front of a mic since I was 20, and I, I have the picture of me still in my studio now, my first day recording, re-recording his songs, and that's when I decided I'm going to do movies, and I want to go tour the world and build a rock band that people can resonate with, like Van Halen did, and ACDC, and a lot of the bands from back in the day, that when I was growing up. So, that's borrow, how it all started, man.
0: To borrow a line from Van Halen, you got the best of both worlds, behind- and in the film and, and the music side of things.
1: Yeah, and, and what's cool about it, too, I mean, we're playing a, a tune right now on tour called Doom, and we got a soundtrack coming out for my movie, which features eight of of our songs that Phil and I have written together, and one, a couple from before, but anything I wrote before, Phil's on and made it, you know, he made it our way along with Chris, and uh, yeah, Hellbilly Hollow will be coming out, and that'll feature, have a killer soundtrack featuring a lot of our tunes, and, and in between touring, I will... Uh, be shooting a movie I've already got one teed up for this winter so and that that one will be with uh, Lynn Shea and Bill Mosley called Scared to Death and then uh, we'll probably shoot Hellbilly Hollow too next year it doesn't
2: sound busy at all yeah Uh,
1: He's almost as busy as you are, Phil.
0: I wanted to touch upon uh, your, like you had mentioned earlier, playing with Bon Jovi uh, last weekend now on this tour. And kind of curious, I'm sure you've been asked a thousand times, but what's your favorite Bon Jovi live tune to play? And what's the favorite one that you recorded?
2: You know what? I uh, There's two. There's, you know, I was, I was a kid that paid to, to go see the New Jersey tour at CNE Grandstand in Toronto, Canada. And and that venue isn't even there anymore. And, uh, basically, uh, living on a prayer is a song of my youth. So maybe I played it 250, 300 times. I still get goosebumps when I start the talk box part, you know? (laughs) So that's pretty, and then they really let me off the leash and keep the faith. Mm. So that's, that's, uh, that's a big highlight of the show for me. Because, you know, if, if the boss goes downstairs to change his shirt, pretty much I can do what I want on stage. <laughs> <laughs> He's calling. He's
0: not here. Let's do it.
2: Here we go. Speaking of uh, other people that you've worked
0: with, I uh, recently just talked to uh, Dorothy, who you pitched in on her album, Gifts from the
2: Holy Ghost. Yes, she's great, man. She's a great singer, and it was great to be a part of that. That was also a CLA thing too. He was mixing, and he's like, "Hey, I need you to throw guitars on something." And I, and sometimes I don't, I never know what it's going to be. But I, I, when the session came to my place, it was like, "Wow, this chick can sing!" So it was great to be a part of that too. Yeah,
0: yeah. Another another sound that I don't think is out there. Like we touched upon Kurt and his voice. I think what Dorothy is doing is something cool and and missing from rock right now.
2: I think so too, man. You're you're totally hitting the target right there. You know, rock guitars. And live drums and, wow, melodies with chord changes as opposed to being like, uh, you know, when you look at the top 10 at Apple or, or Spotify, there's there's not a lot of really cool chord progressions that are going on anymore. It's always like two chords or three chords or, uh, you know, they don't put a lot into the writing these days. And uh, you can tell that, that we do and you can tell that Dorothy does. Uh, and and we're bringing something that's been missing for a while. And I'm really proud of that. What
0: tunes on the Dorothy album did you pitch in on?
2: Oh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I, I listened to the record last week and uh i go oh yeah that's me oh yeah that's me but i don't remember song titles i don't remember much but if there's something some pretty wacky guitar parts you you can uh you can bet that it's me <laughs> and uh actually not just wacky um because there's a single that i heard the other day uh beautiful there were, i put a counter melody in the chorus and i go oh man who did that oh that was me <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Dude, dude we've got songs we probably got we have 30 plus almost 40 tunes just teed up ready to go and i guarantee you i know every one of them phil probably knows, remembers about half of them right now because he's got so many projects he's involved Well,
2: in. plus we never stopped writing mike you know yeah. that record came out and then we just you know kurt still sends me lyrics and i keep writing and i keep uh, uh throwing out these guitars and and uh another thing that's funny is that in the beginning i do this a lot when I'm recording on a record, I try to put down impossible parts and make the, the guy who's got to play it live hate me. <laughs> so so when uh, when Kurt was like, hey, I want you to tour, I was like, dude, I don't know if I want to. And he goes, you got to be the guitar player. I can't do this without you. And then we, we talked more. And then I said, OK, I'll do it. And then I kind of shot myself in the foot. Because I got to play these parts live, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Hey,
2: one other uh, old album I wanted to
0: touch upon with you, Phil, to see if you remember doing anything on Rob Zombie and the Sinister
2: Urge. Dude, that was that was my second uh, second big record that I got to play on. That was amazing. I was I had just moved to LA about three years prior to that, and uh, first we did Methods of Mayhem with Scott Humphrey, and then Rob was coming around going, "Hey, man, uh, I love what you're doing on Tommy's record. I'd love to get to play on mine." and then I I did that and then at the same time We did uh, Scum of the Earth For the Mission Impossible 3 soundtrack Yeah, And then we did did a cover Of Blitzkrieg Bop For his production of uh, the Ramones Tribute, it was a, a whole bunch of stuff That was all happening at the same time And then he comes in one day and he goes Hey did Alice call you? I'm like Alice who? He goes, Alice Cooper. I gave him your number last week. <laughs> Rob kind of changed my life that way. He's, he, you know. And then I didn't get a call from Alice because I'm like, yeah, there's no way Alice is calling me. I was a huge fan. But uh, Bob Marlette was producing Brutal Planet at the time, and he said, hey, I want you to come in and play some guitar. So I ended up doing playing on nine songs on Brutal Planet. So that was a, it, it was like a big snowball thing that was happening from happening to this kid that came down from Toronto with a dream
0: wow i love it and you know one other one i wanted to touch upon just because i'm a, a fan of the album which you had kind of touched upon too, tommy lee and never a dull moment
2: yeah dude we did uh that was the one after methods of mayhem so played a bunch of guitars on that and then even the ride after that i actually wrote a song that got on that record and tommy gave me 100 percent. he goes it's yours man you wrote it i don't want a piece of it and that was pretty cool i found that uh Tommy's a stand-up guy, man. He's awesome.
0: Good to hear. And and just lastly, do you want to touch anything? Anything happening with Phil
2: X and the drills? You totally remind me. There's so much going on. <laughs> it's like one thing at a time. Okay, I'm done. by Jovi. Now we're doing quick diamond for a month, and then in October we're uh, we got booked to support uh, Skid Row in the UK. So that should be uh, that's about two weeks. Nice. That should be a lot. Of, you know what? We didn't mention. We didn't mention. We got a single coming out on
1: Friday. Oh yeah. Oh, we've got a big. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you a little schedule of Kurt Dimer here. We've got a big single coming out Friday called hero and uh, it'll be all over the place. And then we're going to follow that up with another big single on father's day called my dad. And then we're going to follow that up with our next EP in August. So we've got a lot of good new music coming out. We're working on some even bigger tours between now and hopefully when Phil has to go overseas and, uh, we're coming, man. We're not gonna we're not gonna give up. We're we're a freight train and we're coming hard, man. So. <laughs> beautiful. I love sounds it. It does
2: even better with that voice. It yeah. Does.
0: <laughs> beautiful. Thank you guys for the sure. time so much. And uh like I said, best of luck out there on the road and with the music, and I'll be playing the new tune uh on the radio for you as well.
2: Awesome. And then we'll see you in Montclair. Is that what we say? Yeah,
1: yeah. Montclair. Okay. Yeah. All. Mike. So come say hi, dude. We'll do. Yeah. Come say hi. Yeah, please find us. And uh, Chris Lord-Alge's got radio edits uh, being done, so I'll make sure that Chip passes those on to you. Beautiful of the whole whole first album.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much. All right, guys. We'll see you out there on the twentieth. Thank you so much.
1: All right, take care.
0: Bye Bye bye.